Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome into Tim and Boy, also known as Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. St. Gabriel's, 90. St. Louis U High, 94. University of Missouri Journalism School, TBD. Yeah. Cross from me. Action Jackson, all you need to know, Ledoux, Horton Watkins, and he wants you to know he went to Ledoux. Yeah, class of 2016. 2016. Yeah. Yep, spring of 2016. My goodness. Uh, Welcome in to our uh, one-hour radio show. We're fresh off of doing TMA on 105.7 HD2, TMASTL.com. That's a show that's been going on since 2004 when Jackson was five. And, uh, and they allow us to play uh, here in a real radio station for an hour, about an hour. And I think, if anything, they might go, that might be a little too <laughs> might long. Might be a little much. Cut it down to half much. an hour. Maybe you guys come in and just do like a 60-second hit. Jackson <laughs> recapping last night's NBA, and then out, out you go. Or they let us pretend we're on the air and just yes! nothing's going out. <laughs> ESPN radio. Yeah. We sit here and, and, and Randy and Michelle do another hour down the hall just right. to make Secretly. us feel good. I think that might actually be going on. <laughs> Man. Mom and Dad, you can hear me on 101 ESPN. Now we hear Randy and Michelle. What's going on? Yep. I think you're on 101 ESPN HD2. It's like you're on 105.7 HD2. Yep. Uh, feel free to get involved in the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. I wanted to have Derek Gould on the show today, but I know Derek Gould. First off, I got up this morning. What time you get up today? What, what's going on with you? What's going on with you, Jackson? Uh, 440 is when, 440. I, when I put my feet on the ground. So I got up like at 5.10-ish, and I, I it was like when the Cardinals, when I was a young tyke, would have a game on the West Coast, and I would anxiously, of course, not look at my phone in the right. 1980s, but my father used to leave a note, um, like in my sock drawer, about what happened in the game. Oh, that's awesome. I loved that. That's awesome. I loved that. And I would hold my breath as I would walk over, and my mood would be determined based on whether or not he told me they won or lost. It's a real thing. So I held my breath this morning to see what was on my Twitter feed with regards to baseball. And any baseball writer I follow, including Derek Gould, who I was thinking about asking to come on the show, um, was tweeting within like the last hour or two of me getting up, which means in yeah. Florida they were out there until like, I don't know, two or three in the morning? Yeah, I was doing the same thing this morning, was just frantically looking at all the sports writers' Twitter feeds to see if anything had happened, and everything was like three hours ago. I was like, man, like they were late at night. Like at least two in the morning they were out there 
still working. So because of that and because of the fact that they're at the very least still talking, they extended the deadline to 5 p.m. today. And we shall see if it gets approved and if we have the start of the season on March 31st. I asked you this at the outset of yesterday's show. Let's see if things have changed in 24 hours. Do you think they come to an agreement? Yes, I have changed. I, have, I do. There is that. nothing wrong with new facts changing one's opinion. 100%. Now, that doesn't necessarily work in media in 2022. <laughs> You have to dig in and never acknowledge you were wrong. And if somebody calls you on it, redirect, redirect, act like your headphones aren't working. Got to go to a break. We're up against a hard forecast. Traffic. (laughs) Traffic. See what's doing on 270 right now. But you are changing your mind. It was the extension of the deadline. It was extending the the deadline to 5 p.m. Eastern today. Made me think, okay, they're really close. And now I think that they're they are going to get it done. And I think I don't know, you know, I've looked on Twitter all day, but I think that would be the consensus is that people are pretty confident it's gonna get done today. Well, it's certainly a positive that they extended. I don't know how anybody could could deny that. Uh it seems like it's a, a kind of a minute by minute thing mm. um as to where things stand. Uh Mike Maddox, Cardinal pitching coach, mm-hmm. showed up at the complex today. And I follow uh, Chelsea James, who's baseball writer for the Washington Post, and uh, she just tweeted 15 minutes ago, just chatted with Mike Maddox, who remembers being a free agent ahead of the 1995 season when the strike meant lots of players entered spring training unsigned. Sound familiar? He remembers being at the camp, Major League Baseball set up for free agents, the Players Association set up for free agents in Homestead, Florida, and watching a few guys disappear day by day once the labor dispute ended and teams started signing guys again. Now he's here waiting for another labor dispute to end so he can start coaching again, the circle of life. That is uh, her um, observation, talking it over with the Cardinal pitching coach who is at the same complex where the players and the owners are meeting. One of the core discussions is playoffs and 12 teams versus 14 teams. Jackson, what is your opinion on this? The owners went 14 teams. The players went 12 teams. I mean, if you're already having a 162-game season, theoretically, and you're now making it 14 teams, I mean, could the regular season be less important? You know, See, that's so. where I am. Now, I, for the sake of, since you and I are on the same page on this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attempt to, For the, this isn't my position, but I want to represent people if they are of the opinion they like 14 teams or even more for that matter in the playoffs. Feel free, you know, fire away. Mike Dropper, uh, 65780, Mike Dropper, presented by Rhino Shield. Um, the thought process is it keeps the regular season interesting by having all of those teams in there. I understand that. I understand that. My counter to it is, and I guess this is when I, when I, have to dig through the weeds on where I am with what I value in sports. I want the champion to be representative of the best team as often as possible. It certainly will not be absolute. And so therefore letting everybody in lowers that probability. Hmm. And when you're talking about the longest regular season of any sport, and now you have a postseason as far as number of teams that is, getting close to the NBA and the NHL, which have half as many games, yeah. 
you are significantly reducing the probability of the best team winning. You are increasing variance, luck, and it's all, I th- well, I mean, I, it, what it really is about, which is fine. You know, any business is about money. I don't know how when people talk about, oh, it's all about the money. Well, what, what business isn't about the money? <laughs> a bad one, a one that won't be around in a year. Right. But when it comes to sports or athletes making money or owners making money, we're supposed to condemn them. I mean, I don't, I don't get that. But either way, I know it's a talking point. It'll be an unp- unpopular stance I'm taking, but whatever. It's how I feel. So with regards to why they're doing this, the owners would get $100 million uh, per Andrew Marchand of the New York Post. ESPN is set to pay Major League Baseball an extra $100 million a year in a 14-team MLB playoff setup. If it ends up a 12-team format, sources say that number per year is expected to drop into the $85 million range. Uh, that's the reason for it. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Now, from my standpoint, to further water down a baseball postseason that is getting awfully saturated yeah. for another $15 million, that's tough for me to stomach. And listen, $15 million, I don't care if it's a billion dollar business, $15 million counts. However, is it enough to just keep adding teams? I mean, at that point, why not have it be the NCAA tournament? And I think that's why when I take a step back and I go, God, why am I just not into college basketball? Oh, because I don't care about it for the first five months of the season because it doesn't mean anything. You go undefeated and then lose one game in the first round in March and you're gone. And from my standpoint, as a, a person here and all of us in the St. Louis area who are Cardinal fans can relate to this, we've seen some incredible Cardinal teams. Very fortunate. Even if you're 23 like Jackson, if you're 45 like me, and if you're in your 60s or 70s, I've seen some incredible Cardinal teams. And if you have enjoyed that ride in April, May, June, July, August, and September, and then you play a best-of-three series after the team may win 100 games, and you have a bad start from somebody or somebody gets hurt in the middle of the game, and then those previous five or six months are just irrelevant, I just have a really tough time with, with coming to terms with that. But again, I understand we're growing revenue, so that's that's the name of the game. But I think they're sacrificing things in the name of gambling, in the name of television revenue, which has an indirect correlation with fan interest. And they're trying to create things that are going to increase interest, when in reality I think it's going to have the opposite effect. And that's why people either aren't paying attention to the work stoppage or they're just really irritated by the situation overall. So from my standpoint, Jackson, even if we get the word here over the next, what, six hours, five hours, I guess, if you're talking about uh, five or six hours, uh, 11 o'clock in uh, Jupiter, and the deadline's at 5 o'clock, that if you get this agreement done, you know what I'm going to be thinking? They haven't really fixed it Mm. because the issues with baseball aren't the economic ones. The issues with baseball for the fans are the -the on-the-field ones. And if you're rushing this to get done just for the sake of not losing game checks, just to get a deal done, then that means you haven't tended to the core issues, which are the -the on-the-field issues. And so, therefore, you haven't solved the game's problems. But I'm not sure the game's problems are even solvable. Right. That's the thing. Right. If this is psychological and if this is the way that people get content now, I don't know if you can fix a game that has a leisurely pace. But I certainly would like to see it. I certainly would like to see effort to do it. And I don't know if we're going to come away from anything other than an expanded postseason with a DH and then some kind of agreement on the CBT. And then let's just get to work. 
but it's not going to fix the lack of interest in the game. Randy Carricker and I were having a conversation. We should record like a four-minute podcast <laughs> in between our two shows um, because uh, he was talking about the, the MLS and the youth interest in the MLS versus the age of the average baseball fan, 57 years old, um, and how young people, 7% of fans 18 and under are baseball fans. 7%. Holy. So I just don't, I don't, I don't think that this, my hope was not to say that it was going to just burn down because I didn't want it to burn down. My hope was that they would really tend to both whatever economic issues were important to both sides and then also tend to the game. And this pitch clock thing is a band-aid. And I don't even know if it's a band-aid. I just don't even think it's really going to tend to anything. No. That's that's my core issue on it. Your thoughts, 65780-65780, Air Comfort Service, text line, Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you. He goes by Action Jackson. He will not answer to anything else. That's did right. you uh, did you um, pull a So What Your Grandma Think from the 21st century today? Yes, from a couple of days ago. Wow, wow, wow. And it's from the game you love. Ice hockey. You love it so much, you call it ice hockey. I love calling it ice hockey. Just in case anybody thought we might be covering the Villa Visitation field hockey game for for clarification's purpose, this is from ice hockey. Professional ice hockey at that. And is this from the National Hockey League? It is. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, What do we have? Uh, It's Blake Wheeler, and uh, he uh, he gets into it a little bit with the reporter. The reporter kind of fires back. It's good stuff. So what your grandma think comes your way at around 10.55 as we wrap up uh, Balloon Party, DBA, Tim and Boy, every day here on 101 ESPN, leading into BK and Ferrario, and that's 11 to 2, and then the crew from the fast lane comes in. I like to go in there, and they have their show meetings in the conference room. Yeah. And I like to go in there and talk it over with them, but then as part of me is just like, am I just kind of just walking in on welcome, <laughs> you know? It might be the case. I might, it might be. I was talking youth hockey in St. Louis with Jamie Rivers this past Friday, and I really enjoyed it. And I thought to myself, these guys are working on their show, and I'm just like in here like it's a bar. Yeah, I've done that once or twice, too, where I just kind of just walk in there and start talking. I'm like, man, I hope I didn't interrupt anything. Now, if we were having a TMA show meeting, which, of course, is absolute fantasy right. because there's <laughs> never been a TMA meeting we'll in the, the, first in the show's 18-year history, but nonetheless— Friends could come by anytime they would like. We would open. We'd be. We'd have our doors open. Right. Come on in. But since the show shows up a minute before it goes on the air, it's impossible for that meeting to exist. But I get the sense that they're actually really preparing on the fast lane, and then I just come in. So let me get your thoughts on youth hockey in St. Louis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there any way we can get this guy out of here? Can we get AM Radio Boy out of here? <laughs> yeah. Send him back to Kirkwood. AM Boy. <laughs> Uh, guys, the pitch clock is a nipple band-aid. That's from Pony Danza. Jackson, thoughts? Like a circular one? Like a little circular one? Avoid chafing? I could see that. It's a nice text. I like it. Yeah, great text. Uh, let's see. Baseball has turned into the pompous uncle who says things like, well, we've always done it this way and thinks they're untouchable. They ost- they ostracize half their audience with politics and stupid work issues. That's from the 636. Yeah, I th- I'm, I'm going to respectfully disagree with the latter portion. I'm sure some people were irritated by take your pick of whatever uh, issue that they consider to be political and doesn't line up with their particular worldview. And I understand that um, from my standpoint, for me personally, this is my own individual thing. I don't really care about that, just being straightforward, but I know some people do, and God bless to each their own. 
how I think they've alienated people is by putting out a product that is pretty boring. And right. I think that's way more significant relative to its decline in interest in particular with youth than than any stance somebody might be Absolutely. taking with regards to social issues. Uh, baseball isn't like hockey or basketball. The best teams win two of three games and the worst lose two of three. The best team likely won't win the World Series in an expanded playoff. That is from Steve. Uh, yes, I agree with that. And that is, that is, Steve, you've summed it up much more eloquently and concisely than I have. That's my issue with it. Uh, it might be boring, so to speak, to know that it's going to be Alabama and Georgia and most years Clemson and Oklahoma and Ohio State. Who am I leaving out? I suppose Notre Dame makes a cameo and doesn't cover. Yeah, I think you got the heavy hitters. Um, occasionally, once a decade, a Pac-12 school right. get the invite. But, you know, but the, here's the thing. And I hate to do this because it's going to ruin the heel character I've built that is <laughs> Ledoux's own Jackson Burkett. But one of the things that I appreciate about the NBA, and I just said it, <laughs> is that if you had an incredible regular season, the first round is, let's just get some work in. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, and they, I like that. Yeah. You don't have to. And in a way, while it's fun, I suppose... I don't know if we've been on the fun end of it here in St. Louis. The Blues were the the one seed in 2000 when they lost to the Sharks in seven games, winning the President's Trophy. That an eight seed can beat a one seed, all that does to me anyway is diminish the importance of the regular season. And for me, I don't like that. So now applying it to baseball, which was not in that state in 2000 when the Blues lost to the Sharks, that just wasn't possible. If you won 100-plus games you were one step away from the NLCS, worst-case scenario. Yeah. Um, and before 94, you were one step away from the World Series. And from my standpoint, that rewards greatness. Over 162 games, we're not talking 16 or 82, 162 games. How can you convince fans that this game means anything And Tuesday on an April cold night? Yeah. When uh, when when forty seven percent of the teams will get in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to think that. I yeah. hate that. I'm telling you, like it it gets it, it takes a lot for me to get worked up on a sports topic. You know, I yeah. can't fake it. No, can't make Ryan you. But I, I it bothers me because I think I tie it to what I got into this for, which is baseball, and I love baseball, and I'm just like, man, they are just effing this thing up and it sucks all right we got to take a break your thoughts are welcome six five seven eight zero tim mckernan action jackson with you this is balloon party on 101 espn we're right back to the balloon party on the tim mckernan podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn welcome back to 101 espn tim mckernan action jackson with you it's balloon party our town tim and boy and then the self-indulgent honesty and media. I think that's the one that's going to stick. Yeah, I might short that play. <laughs> 65780 is how you can text in. Air Comfort Service text line. BK and Ferrario at the top of the hour. And then the fast lane from 2 to 6. And will I invade their uh, show meeting today? And just kind of walk in 
like in a robe. <laughs> like, I, like I live here. Hello, hey gentlemen. guys, I know you're working, but I'm done for the day. Uh, a lot of texts on our uh, first segment topic. Uh, lots of texts, I'm telling you. And I love it. I love interacting with the audience. Uh, Tim, how much worse will the trade deadline be with playoff expansion? That's a nice play. That's a nice play yeah, because that, that has been one of the reasons why it's been so slow is because so many teams, and I'm talking about in recent years, because so many teams are in the playoffs. I, it, it, By the way, when somebody complains about something, provide a solution or provide what you like. Mm-hmm. So what I'm complaining about is this potential 14-team playoff. Now, I think the way it's going to go is 12, but this is all based on you know the hearsay and, and reports on Twitter. So I want to make sure that I set the record straight. I'm following probably the same people many of you are, are hearing or reading from, uh, and that is the theme, this 14-team uh, thing that the owners want. Now it seems like, based on some of the same reporters, that they have agreed on 12 teams, and that has been one of the big sticking points in these negotiations that are ongoing at the Cardinal Complex, along with the Marlins, in Jupiter, Florida. Um, what do I like? What do I like? In, an, in, a, in a perfect scenario, I would love what I grew up with, which, of course, is what a lot of people would prefer and is unrealistic and rooted in nostalgia and not business back when you're 10 years old and have no idea what a PL is. So what really would work? What is really applicable? I actually like what they do right now because I feel like it rewards the regular season. Yeah. That's what I like. Which is important. And that's 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 the thing for me. If you win your and it rewards division winners. Right. If divisions are going to have any relevance, then then have them mean something. So if you win your division and have the best overall record in your league, then you play a team that just had to play in order to get to you, and so they had to use up their best pitcher. Right. And so if you win the National League, you aren't going to face. Take your pick of whomever. Let's say the Mets get in somehow. Mm-hmm. Well, you're probably not going to be facing Max Scherzer if you're the Cardinals and you win the Central and you win 105 games and have the best record. So that's nice. Yeah. So you'll deal with Scherzer, but you can only deal with him one time unless yeah. they're going to try to grind his arm out in the yeah. NLDS. I like that. It gives you incentive throughout the course of the year. Uh, allowing 47% of the teams to get into the playoffs, from my standpoint, dilutes the greatness of the accomplishment of having a 105-win season. So I actually like, relative to what is realistic, I like what it is right now. Um, I think what we're going to wind up with, if indeed they come to an agreement over the next six hours, is a 12-team playoff. That's what I think it is going to be. Uh, Tim, I feel your hate and I agree, LOL. Uh, Tim, the that comes from the 636. From the 314, Tim, the 162 games are important because of stats and the history of the importance of stats in baseball. I agree. I'm not saying anything about reducing the regular season at all. I'm not. I'm saying reduce the number of teams in the playoffs or don't expand it to 14, man. I think one of the reasons in the 1980s that I didn't get into hockey, comparatively speaking to, say, 10, 11, 12-year-olds now, and of mm-hmm. course it's not its not an apples-to-apples comparison because if you're 10, 11, 12 years old right now, you got this incredible rush yeah. in 2019. Sure. And you got a little taste in 2016, but 2019 is is you know the greatest of all time is because you grew up and you're just like, okay, who cares? Because four of the five teams in the Norris division are going into the playoffs. So it just didn't matter. 
And so you didn't feel any of the same enthusiasm about the regular season at the same time when the Cardinals were going in in 82, 85, and 87. Uh, so that, I think, plays a role in it. Now, hey, man, as good as the Blues are playing, it's not like they're a lock for the playoffs right now. Mm-hmm. It's certainly likely, but it's not a lock. you got to keep going. You've got to keep going. And on top of it, when you have a power like Colorado, you want to go, man, we don't want to be a wild card and run into that in the first round. Right. You want to you want to go and go and go and go, and if you're getting 14 teams in, there's really no difference in between being the two or three seed. I think it actually reduces the excitement of a regular season because so so who cares? It's kind of like when you talk about these bubble teams in the NCAA tournament. Are they? Do any of them really have a chance to get in and and win the thing? Yeah, they might get in. Not likely. Yeah. So, it's, but but one of these teams in baseball on a best of three, anything can happen, Absolutely. man. And that's the thing that drives me up the wall about it. Uh, let's see. Uh, 12 is too many, but 14, that is a joke. Uh, that is from the 618. I think it's going to wind up being 12. But when I saw the 14 thing going back and forth, and again, the difference is only $15 million. And I know $15 million, who amongst us wouldn't take it? Uh, but for baseball, $15 million to sacrifice further the integrity of the regular season. That drives me up the wall. Uh, Tim, what would you like to see to bring in more youth to watch and be engaged with the sport? That's from the 618. All right, Jackson, I'm going to act like I'm going to you first as a gentleman, but I'm actually buying time by going to you first. Right. Uh well, I've said before about the hats, but I'll leave that. No, no, well, you got to understand the listeners, they cycle on, they cycle off. Right. And maybe today is the first time they're hearing your hat idea, which I'd be surprised if they're not discussing right now at, at Roger Dean Stadium. I think I'm sure why. Manfred is standing up and talking about your hat idea. What is the hat idea? It's a deciding issue. Uh, I think it's tough to market players because you really don't know what they look like because they're always wearing hats. Right. Which only covers the top of your head, but it kind of cuts off half your face. Listen, the two most global games are soccer and basketball. No hats. They just wear essentially shorts and a T-shirt. Your thoughts on Jackson's hat theory. He went to Ladue and really likes the NBA. 6578. Also, his mom is from Long Island and and lived in Los Angeles. Right. 65780. I, I had actually forgotten about the hat theory. <laughs> I think I had blocked it out. Actually. Oh, it makes sense. <laughs> But, there was a stretch of time in my youth at 14 years old in which I was cut from the freshman football team, basketball team, and baseball team. Um, and I, I can't remember any of the tryouts, <laughs> but I think it's because I blocked it out. Right. I've done the same thing with your hat theory. Yeah, well, there it is. Um, I think developing, a, like if you're really trying to get youth, like young people to watch and be more interested in it, it this might be another one to some people that sounds dumb but it's develop a really solid video game like that has been super successful for the nba it's been super super successful for soccer if you have young kids who play video games all the time esports are on the rise and you have a really solid mlb video game that is going to help out bringing youth into the into watching the game all right i i, I won't i won't the esports thing is is a real thing yeah. now i don't know how many people listening to this show would buy into that but uh, one of the great edges in uh, whether you want to call it wagering or investing is to uh, talk it over with like a 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old and, and find out what they're into right. and then 
then see if there's a way you could invest in that. Right. It, it, it might, uh, might be an outside-the-box move, but I'm telling you that's a way to uh, positive EV. All right. I, I, the hat theory is asinine and unfortunate, <laughs> but I'm glad you said it because it bought me time and it allowed me to remember that you did say that on the air a few weeks ago. And I ago still believe and, it. And still believe in it. Never mind the success of the NFL. They take the helmets off. Or the NHL. But I understand. You're a big Craig McTavish guy, Harold Snaps. All right. Um, I think that some my, my solution is not necessarily one uh, big bang uh, magical potion theory here that can get it all done. I think the stagnant manner of the way in which the game is played has played a role in killing the game. Uh, I, I, I think if the Cardinals would have been as good as they were in 82, 85, and 87 when I was growing up... Um, and to an extent, 96, but that was a different era at that point. And they were doing it with the way they play the game now. I don't talk about the Cardinals. I'm talking about the way the game is played right now. Um, I don't think I would have fallen in love with the game the way that I did in 1982. And that is because of the action. And the action was not limited to the pitcher and the hitter. There was action on the base path. So help me. And it was more than half the lineup I was watching the first base dirt pit because it wasn't, you know, grass and it was in the AstroTurf and dirt when any of like six or seven Cardinals were on first base because you were watching to see if they were going to run. And if there is a way to reincorporate the stolen base, and I still believe that it is an edge. I still believe it's an edge. Uh, If there can be a team that can reincorporate the stolen base going, Matt, we cannot hit. We have no power hitters. And the Cardinals had no power hitters, in part because the ballpark was cavernous. And so, you know, uh, you could be a great power hitter. It was going to be tough to to clear those fences at the time. And go back to stealing bases, I really do think that would re-engage. And I think you would have some some people who would be considered more, uh, I I don't know, the the characters of the the stolen bases that you had with it, I think that would re-engage young people. I don't think it's a fix by any means, but I think that becomes a part of the sport that was so popular that it has just completely been erased from the game. Um, you know, Ozzie Smith was a no-brainer first ballot Hall of Famer in 2002. No-brainer. And he wasn't a power hitter, but it's not like he was a bad hitter. He became a good hitter, but he had a lot of stolen bases, and he was defense. And people loved those kinds of highlights of him mm-hmm. diving, whether it was the one in San Diego where he barehanded it, uh, diving to his left, or one where he's flying over Kurt Ford in the outfield to catch a ball, diving away from the infield, or any of the other ones where he's deep in the hole, going to his right and gunning out a runner. That he's flying over second base on a four-six-three. Those are the kinds of clips that you can post on Instagram, TikTok, right. Twitter. Yep. And, and and go man, people go, man, that is but a home run, they all look the same. Exactly. It's not that exciting. Nope. But a dunk or Steph Curry going off and then you just go, you know, like six or seven threes and you're yeah. just showing like Steph Curry went off to you know, whatever. Those are the kinds of things that I think can then reignite youth's interest in the game of baseball. Yep. Right now it's like so-and-so had eight strikeouts over five and a third. Here is a guy swing missing. Here is a guy, you know, taking a pitch that's right down the middle. It's the only place a ball can go straight. Here's a ball sailing over the left field wall. It all looks the same. But a guy busting off like his fourth stolen base, a guy sliding and making a ridiculous play, 
now there aren't as many because they're positioned perfectly, so right. they don't have to necessarily dive. Man, that guy crushed a ball in the right field. Oh, there's a dude in short right. Yep. Oh, and he's going to throw them out. Who cares? So that, I would love to see that. I know it might be a thing where you go, oh, that's what you grew up on, so that's what you like. But the game had popularity then. That The game had uh, some a feel to it that wasn't limited to just what was going on inside of uh, the pitcher and, and uh, the hitter. Your thoughts are welcome. 65780. We have some breaking gambling news in Missouri. Ooh. Breaking gambling news, uh, substantial as well. Uh, we'll tell you what that is on the other side of the break. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Everybody in their car wanting to hear what the Grizzlies did last night have now been briefed properly. Thank you for that. I, yeah, you know, I thought that was a real good update. I think I let the people know. I keep videoing them waiting for you to go back to your January form, but you're on a heater right now with these updates. I, if I went just completely off the top of my head, I would certainly mess up. Oof. All right, well, why don't I incentivize you? I'll put a uh, 20 out there. All I'll right. say he's do, do, go straight ad lib. Oh, man. All right. And I think I'll get proper return on my investment yeah, when it goes yeah. absolutely terrible. Something to look forward to tomorrow. Yeah, there it is. Uh, it's a deep te- That's a deep tease, as, as they say. And by the way, let me mm-hmm. tell you something. The White Castle sponsorship puts me in a good place. Great place. The White Castle sponsorship puts me in a really good place. When I said that, I could smell the onions. Oh, I really like them. I like White Castle a lot. White Castle is a great treat. Wonderful. Ah, man. Now you got me thinking about White Castle. I really do. Like, I really, (laughs) really do. I could, I could, hey, six o'clock, what do we have for dinner? I'm going to go pick up some White Castle. I know we have a four-year-old and a one-month-old, but, you know, it's never too early. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's right. Mix it up in the in the bottle with the milk and just put a couple fries and shake them up real nice-like. In crinkle there with cut. A, yeah, crinkle cut, I think, is the, that's the move. Yeah. I put a lot of salt on there, a lot of salt. Yeah, sopping. Some catsup. Yeah. Oh, that puts me in a good place. I love the White Castle sponsorship of your update. And now I want nothing but good things for your update. Minus tomorrow when I sabotage it. All right, I deep tease this. Uh, Ryan Butler is the gentleman's name, and he uh, covers sports betting legislation. And he tweeted out here this morning, we got big doings in Missouri. Um, Two Missouri online sports betting bills that had been originally scheduled for a hearing and possible vote Monday are now set to be discussed Wednesday. Lawmakers are still working through the bill's language, but this could be the next step toward legalization in Missouri. How do you do? Uh, outstanding news. Outstanding news. Oh, you feel this is, I've, I've, I've got something that, that triggered you here in oh, a passionate, yeah. positive way. Good. Why, why are you, uh, I certainly am in that camp, but I'm anxious to hear your reasoning. Well, for I this. just, I think it's a, it's fun gives you another little sweat for the game and you know you do it right and it's just a ton of fun and especially with your friends you know me and my buddies went over to nashville and when mizzou played vanderbilt and it's legal over there in tennessee and you just hang out at the bar live bet a couple games it's just a it's a great time and i think it's great it would get some help the economy here in missouri i think it's a great move i love it i uh hope that it is uh done the quote-unquote right way i suppose right is subjective but uh i hope that it is here in missouri asap 
Uh, I'm telling you something here, and this would this is this is probably more podcast oriented because there's no way. I mean, we're off the air here in what like 12 minutes or something, 15 <laughs> yeah. minutes, and I still have. Uh, so, what your grandma think, which uh, is coming your way in about 10 minutes, but when you find out. I guess, for lack of a better term, find out. And maybe you're one of those people. The predictive ability of analytics, you realize that there really is the the general population when it comes to wagering, and then there is the .001% who are oftentimes mathematical geniuses who apply it to sports and essentially get to a point where they make a living from it. Mm -hmm. But they have the wisdom, some of them do, I'm sure some go, okay, well now I'm going to just see if I can play slots or something Mm -hmm. like that, or I'll degen out and I'll bet my buddy what color the car is, it's going to come around the corner and we'll be playing for $5,000 a car. But if you can manage that responsibly, it's incredible. Now, I am not one of those people, but I do know people who have done it and have become millionaires. Right. And it in until you actually see it and then watch it play out and how they arrive at the conclusions, you don't understand it. I was as a matter of fact, I was talking with uh, Brad Thompson and Anthony Stalter, one of the many times I was talking <laughs> about where I just walk into their meetings and sit there. Uh, and we were talking about it. And I was talking about Daily Fantasy and a friend of mine who has become incredibly successful with it. I mean, he's been incredibly successful with it for a while. And I talked about all the things that he does and how he runs these algorithms. And there was one game last year, Jackson. Mm. It was like a Friday night game. I think it was between the Mariners and the A's. I mean, who can, you know. The West Coast special. Absolutely. And he goes, hey, I know you like to occasionally place a wager. And he goes, I just ran my algorithms for the night. And rarely does this happen, so I'm just passing it along. But in my simulation, 71% of the time, this goes over. And I just thought I'd let you know because it's probably just going to be some money. He goes, but, you know, it's 71%. Right. So that means basically three out of 10 times, it's not going to. And so it's important to respect probability. Yeah. I don't know if we made a T-shirt that said respect probability, how many we'd sell. Set the over-under at a half. But that means, you know, but still, seven out of 10 times... If you had, if your financial advisor told you, you had, he felt 70% certainty yeah. or probability of return, positive return, I think most people would make the play. But they wouldn't go all in. No. So you have to manage the bankroll. And yeah. then sure enough, and I'm not BSing, the thing went over in the second inning. Oh, wow. And I don't know what the circumstances were, whether it be weather, whether it be a pitcher who was called up who just had no chance, whatever the case might be, or the health of that pitcher, whatever it was, both pitchers. There really is, there is, there is an edge to be had, but again, it has to be done with responsible bankroll management. And if one can do that, it is a great experience. But if mismanaged, it becomes something that is, that I'm, I'm in fear of because a few times in my life, starting in high school, actually, and then through college, and then even recently, not to the point that it like, but I, you'll just catch yourself going, man, I thought the under was going to hit there, or the over, because most squares bet the over. Thought the over was going to hit there for sure. Okay, there's a Sunday night game. I got to get back. And then, then all of a sudden, oh my God, I'm down. Now, now there's a Monday night game. I got to get chase. back. And it's the chase. Yeah. And the chase, I have, I'm fortunate. I have never been addicted to booze, 
drugs, anything. But that's, I think, the closest. And I that that that's the thing. So the bankroll management as a poker player, that's the key on being successful in the game of poker. Yeah. And I would imagine for those of you who invest, that would be another element of of respecting. Like, man, you think this thing is going to hit, but you can't move all in. So one of the other elements that are crucial into really enjoying it and it becoming fun is something where if you lose, you don't care. It doesn't yes. impact your life. Right. So whatever that number is, and it's different for everybody, you know, God bless America if that number is a $1,000 a unit for you. Tip of the cap. I yeah. tip my cap to you. Absolutely. But if it's a dollar, great. Yeah. And it's just a fun way to, you know, I mean, one of the things that goes on at that waste management in Scottsdale is people are betting each other if a guy's going to make it on the green, if yep. he's not, if he's going to birdie, if he's going to par, if he's going to bogey. And that's what they're screaming about in addition to drinking and, no doubt. you know, uh, yeah. hitting on each other. Mm. But... Uh, <laughs> What a, what a nice reaction from Jackson. Mm. But, uh, yeah, that God bless. But if you're sitting there and you're going, okay, man, I might not be able to pay my mortgage. Yeah, that's bad. Because Siwoo Kim wasn't on in regulation. Yeah, yeah. Then that's a problem. You got to understand that you know, you're going to lose a lot. Yes. You're going to win, but you're going to lose a lot. If you are wagering on the NFL, and we did the Pick 6 Gambling podcast right. on the Tim McKernan Show podcast, and you are 55% against the number, you're profitable. Yep. But that means you've lost 45% of the time. Exactly. So, you know, one of my friends who has done really well with this, he was in Las Vegas, and I can't remember, I, ever, I always say this, that's super contest, and it's the best handicappers around right, probably right, the right, world, right. but uh, certainly in the United States. And I think he finished in the top 20 or 30 and he was 64% against the number. Unbelievable. Which is unbelievable. Right. But, but that then, means he lost more than two out of three times. And that also means that he there's people above him. Yes. People betting better than that. Which, which is, is just amazing. Unbelievable. And in my experience, and I, I wouldn't ask him before games because I just want to let him have his process. Yeah. And most of the time, he's not making the picks you know, until you can get as much information before the deadline. For sure. But I will say this. One of the keys is, is taking underdogs, yeah. which is uncomfortable. That's the thing. And unders, too. And, uh, un unders and underdogs. You're yep. exactly right. The Always public loves the favorites and the overs. I'll talk with my dad about it. Dad, I got to tell you, the unders, the play on this. Oh, Timmy, I don't want to sit and watch it and cheer for it to be a low-scoring game. Well, don't you want to win? <laughs> yeah, that's the idea. I mean, who cares? If it's a one nothing baseball game and you ship the, the roll, yeah. then God bless America. Who cares? So, yeah, I know people like to bet overs. But it's like the three-and-a-half-point underdogs in the NFL are just gold. Yep. Rarely would he bet, like, if the, I don't know, the 2007 Patriots were playing, I don't know who was terrible then, I assume the Rams. <laughs> yeah, <I think> they were. <laughs> and it was like an 18-point spread. That's not what they're betting. No. You know? They're betting like a team that might have a chance to win straight up, but it's getting three-and-a-half points. Right. They're so not I love it. And I, lo and I love live betting. Yeah. That's an important thing. And this Missouri thing, I was watching some of the hearing. And there's some pushback on live betting. And for the life of me, I don't get that. Yeah, what? I don't get that. I don't get it. Because I think that, if anything, that really rewards the studious gambler. Right. All right. Uh, it is 1052, which means we have to break. So what your grandma think uh, comes? And it's not coming from women's basketball from 2008. So look at the progress we're making. What yep. do we have here, Jackson? Uh, Blake Wheeler yesterday, or two days ago, uh, right. Winnipeg Jets. Banty. Little Banty. Yeah. So ice hockey player. Right. So. For those of you not familiar with the Winnipeg Jets, they are an ice hockey team. That's right. That's right. It's a good it's a good bite. All right. That's coming up next. And so what your grandma think this is balloon party on one ESPN.
We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Sometimes the media asks bad questions. Not not a good question. Like, Coach, uh, how cool was it that it was a Wisconsin player that uh, sank the winning shot? Well, they're all Wisconsin players. Or, I'm doing a story about New Year's resolutions, and I was just wondering if you had any you wanted to share with your fans and our readers. Yeah, no, not right now. Okay, thanks. And when that happens, players will fire back. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Stop asking me stupid questions. Now it's time for... So what's your grandma think? Boom. All right, Jackson. Here we go. Jackson talking Winnipeg Jets, which he let us know right before the break is an ice hockey team. Here we go. Uh, you know, when things go good, nobody says a word about you. When things go bad, you know, it's your fault. So... Uh, I'm I'm comfortable. You know, if you need to write a, a negative story, you can write it about me. Um, no different than the, in the past. So um, I think the fact that uh, you know, still here talking to you instead of uh, doing something else, uh, speaks volumes. Okay. Well, I mean, that comes with the assumption that you feel like you haven't gotten any praise while your time here. I was just, I guess, being a little bit uh, sarcastic. That, okay. that that's not so much because uh, you're celebrated here quite quite often. Okay. I mean, are you looking to get into a pissing match, me, you and I? <laughs> Absolutely not. Right. You're, you're the one who started off, man. Ask your yeah. question. Bold move coming back over the top. I got to tell you something. I like to play judge and jury on these things. Like, who am I on? Who am I on this? And I've been on the side of the reporter. I've been on the side of the athlete, coach, whomever. I feel like I need more information. I need to know how that started out. Right. I kind of want to know where it went after he gave that kind of <laughs> sassy retort. Well, you're the one who edited it. That was all that was in the clip. I feel like throwing something right now. I'll duck. Since I'm watching Stephen A. Smith and watching that performance art, <laughs> I'll see what he does. He was like, he's clearly yelling at Molly Quarum about the Grizzlies, and I can understand why he's worked up. All right, uh, BK and Ferrario carry over our Grizzlies discussion. <laughs> uh, that's coming up at the top of the hour. Anything else, uh, Jackson, you'd like to let people know the Seattle Kraken or an ice hockey team? Anything else do we have? Uh, Any other information we yeah. can share before we leave? If you're confused about if a team's an ice hockey team, just let me know and I can take care Excellent. of that for you. We'll update that tomorrow. All right. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you. When you need auto parts, O'ReillyAuto.com is just a few clicks away. We offer convenient options for you to get your parts quickly. Order online and pick up for free at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. We'll even bring it out curbside. Or you can have your parts delivered right to your door with free shipping on most orders over $35. Visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.